Welcome to our intercession edition of This Week in Missouri Politics from the State Capitol in Jeff City. Joined by the guy kind of at the head of everything, the <laughs> president of Missouri State Senate, Caleb Brown. Thank you for joining us. It's good to be here. Just to be clear, we're taping this Thursday morning. A lot could happen between what we're talking about now and later. Yeah. But let's just say the session ended right now. An amazing list of accomplishments. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we you know, th this was a year where uh, we, we knew there were a couple of big things. The the, the trans issue was, was yeah. a, a leftover from last year. Uh, some sort of Paris Bill of Rights was leftover from last year. But there weren't a ton of really high-profile things. There were a lot of things that we cared about, a lot of priorities. But, you know, it, it, it allowed for some bandwidth to be available for some, um, you know, just stuff that we thought was in the best interest of the state of Missouri. And so, you know, that we can list those things out. Obviously, some of the stuff that happened in the budget, I-70 getting done and some of those things are huge and generational and impactful. Well, maybe maybe not partisan, but impactful. I'll go through that list of stuff. Yeah. But first, you know, I've watched this for a while now. I mean, the gray is not die. It's real inside of my head. But it feels like you were able to lead the Senate back to a more normal, traditional, Ron Richard, Mike Kehoe, Tom Dempsey style of Senate. Thing. Yeah, well. And, and there's a list of accomplishments to prove. That's right. And the Senate is supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be yeah, <laughs> irrational or you know deeply personal, but it is supposed to be difficult. And so you know, the, the, any anytime that happens, when people have issues that are related to policy, I applaud that. I, I'm, I'm not going to discourage that, you know. And so we 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 tried to foster that. I think Cindy uh, uh, has done a fantastic job in her role. I think our good cop bad cop thing works more than it doesn't. It really has. Yeah, it's both. I mean, the proof is in the success. Yeah, and she's you know she is she and I are very different, right? She's she I, I'm willing to. Um, you know, explore the nuance, dive into the nuance, you, you know, put context where it's supposed to be. Cindy's just going to tell you how it is yeah. the second she realizes that's how it's supposed to be. And so the combination of those two things in those roles, I think, has been, uh, you know, really, really good for the state and for the Senate. Biggest thing, when you go home to Columbia, you're going to have to feel good about the biggest thing the state could have done. The thing, I, we, how many times have you been on my show and we talked about a form of this? Yeah. Redoing I-70. Yeah. It's the biggest infrastructure project in the history of the state. Yeah. You led the Senate that did that. No, no matter where you go in life, that's going to have to feel good. Yeah, and and you know the the I I sent out a tweet the other day that said uh, when I got elected to the Senate in sixteen, I wanted to stabilize Mizzou, stabilize Mizzou funding. I wanted to rebuild I seventy, and then I want and I wanted to get a seventy sixty three interchange done. All those things are now done or in the process of you know the, everything's funded. We're moving the right direction. Uh, you know that, that's that's amazing during your time in office. Mizzou was an absolute dumpster fire, <laughs> and it's went from there yeah. to I don't know that I've ever in my professional life heard of Mizzou in a better place than it is right it's now. It's incredible, and and very little. I mean, I, I I've I've been helpful in getting the money flowing the right way and some of those things, but they definitely blamed you when but, it wasn't. Well, yeah. <laughs> you but, the but I mean the 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 engagement of the board, the engagement yeah. of Moon, it, you know, it, it's just everything is better, right? And they're doing things better, so it's just it, it's easier to to be there too. As a new curator that you know pretty well, Ms. Singfield. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's going to be awesome. She's she is one of, if not the smartest, people I've ever met in my life. So people know her in a, a partisan context because of her last name. She's incredible. She's going to do great things. I think it's nice too when you bring somebody in in a curator position. You know she's committed to that college. That's, I mean, they've actually right. put the money where the money where the mouth is a bunch of times. Yes. Yeah. yeah no, uh, it, it'll it'll be great. IP reform. Uh, it feels. I've always felt like the the way to make a statute through the referendum process seems fine. Yeah. It feels like it should be a little harder to change the Missouri Constitution. I, I agree, and and you know, we, as of now, as of this taping, this you know, we haven't resolved this entirely uh, in the Senate. But 
Um, I, I do think this the, the thing that now has been sent back to us is a good thing for the voters to say, hey, look, this we're, we're giving you a chance to decide should it be harder to amend the Constitution and should it be harder for us to change a statutory fix if, in fact, they go that route and send the Constitution. Both seem to make sense, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Tax cut. Always like a tax cut, right? Yeah, amen. Yeah, we, we've done it a bunch. I mean, my, the personal income by the time when I got elected to the House to where we are now or where it's going to be, um, you know, we've cut 25% of the personal income. I think we cut corporate before I leave you. I think we, we did Social Security this year, uh, and, and the budget's still growing. I don't always agree with Bill Eigel, but when I do, it's about the reality that we've managed to do all, all this stuff while still cutting taxes. So it goes against that argument that somehow some, someday we're going to bankrupt the state. Score and they give it out its wings. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's a goofy argument that hasn't bared out in Missouri, and I think that's a great thing for the people of Missouri. Uh, an issue that, to me, the, the trans kids issue. Mm -hmm. There's two, almost two parts of it. The part about trans kids playing sports, man, I, I just don't know that many people that rationally think that's a good idea. Yeah. But you went, and I thought, I, I could tell when I interviewed you the, early in session, that was going to happen. Yeah. But there's a lot more that's happened that to me is interesting, but where you blocked some of the puberty blockers and yeah. things, it's a more nuanced and yeah. difficult conversation. Um, I know you're a person of empathy. But do you feel like you made the right decision there? Yeah, I do. I, I think that the, the, the bill that the Senate passed, that, that the House passed this week, there is a little bit of unknown here. I think, yeah. I think we know, everybody knows what they think they know, that the, the, the left thinks that this is going to be uh, on, on par with kind of how the world views the L LGBT community. Um, uh, and, and I think the right thinks that this is not going to become normal. I don't know which way it goes, but for the moment, I think there's a lot that we don't know relative to a 12-year-old or a 14-year-old putting these chemicals in their body. So at a minimum, we said, let's pump the brakes. Let's learn more. Uh, this four-year sunset gives, gives you know, a couple of General Assemblies away the chance to know more and make it more informed. Isn't that the piece of wisdom in the legislation? Is there's a lot of variables that are unknown. You're going to know more. That's right. That's four right. years. Boy, that, you know, that seemed like the piece of wisdom that said, okay, that's the way to do this, and you can make a better decision and later. Functionally, it's how we got out of got it out of the Senate with, without the place blowing up. But also, I do think it's just it, there. There isn't. I I have my personal opinion. I don't think I'm ever going to be comfortable um, with kids, uh, uh, you know, being able to change their gender. That's my personal view. Um, but there's my personal view, and then there's the government's uh, role and the government's view in total. And so all those things have to kind of be put into the bowl to get where we got. Uh, you've always been a passionate person on education. When you break down this year, as of Thursday morning, maybe not that many landmark pieces of legislation sure. moving on schools. Yeah, um, you'll be back next year leading the state senate. What is a, a reasonable thing that you could accomplish that would improve education? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I still think, uh, and I've said this on your show before. I, I, I think there's a way for everybody to win. Um, I, I do think that you know I've talked to Senator Carter about some of her ideas. I, I think there's a way to say, okay. Nobody in any of these conversations is anti-public education. Even the most staunch for, at least not in, I even the most staunch reformers, nobody's anti-public education. We are pro, in this instance, we are pro parents having some choices, right? And so I think you can do all of the things at once, which is give public schools more opportunities, more autonomy, more ability to say, hey, we would like to go a certain direction and not be so... Uh, encumbered by what Desi is telling us to do, what the money tells us to do, uh, but also to give parents more choices in the, in, in the, at the same time. So if both of those things are happening at the same time, then everybody's competing 
uh, in the right way, and and they're competing on a level playing field. Sometimes it feels like it's bound up a little bit. I mean, the 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 innovative part of charter schools, they have a lot of room to innovate and try things. That's right. So the same people that afford that then want public schools to be basically micromanaged from this building and really lock them down with every kind of tie their- Yeah, and I don't, I don't actually think they want them to be locked down. I think that the, the way that you get from where we are now to where we want to be is is a little more complicated. And I've told Senator yeah. Carter on, on, on her particular bill, I think, you know, if you if you send a bill to the governor that basically takes away all the power from from DESE, the only the entity that he Her bill would give schools the option to opt out. That's right. A lot of DESE credit. That's right. And so, you know, in that scenario, I would assume the governor vetoes that thing without even really thinking too much about it. But I do think there's a way. I think her underlying motive is right. It's just a matter of, okay, here's where we are. Here's where we want to get to. How can we actually help everybody succeed at the same time? I, I, I'm, na- I'm naive enough to think that's possible. Well, if you were still about this, this is the kind of bill that I think you would like, because it is innovative. It's different. It's different. I mean, I, 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 I think guess. people have taken six months just to get their head wrapped yeah. around what this even could be. Yeah, the, the, it's, it's not the idea that's wrong. I think the process of getting from where we have always been in this kind of protection of the status quo mindset to something different is, is more complicated. It adds another layer to the whole argument, though, from, you know, charters versus public schools. Now you've got a whole other argument of what's innovate public yeah, and I don't even like that argument. I mean, I, I'm obviously very pro-charter and, and pro any sort of reform, but I just think the argument that it has to be one or the other, you can't do everything at the same time, is it really hurts kids. Let's talk about something that I think surprised a lot of people. Uh, some postpartum care for women. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have Medicaid, right? The state said we're going to have a Medicaid program. Yeah. You would think on the list of people that you would want to help would be pregnant women. I think it's, I think it's uh, one, I said at the beginning of session, it was one of my stated priorities. I got a little bit of heat from that. Um, but I, I don't think there's anything more pro-life and, and, and pro-baby that you can do to, to stand up and say, hey, we want to protect moms too. Like it, it really is just a, a fundamentally, I think if, if Republicans um, you know, could embrace that sort of compassionate mindset relative to the government's role in certain areas. I'm not pro, you know, everybody having health care and, and I don't think health care is a right and all these things that the left ha- has embraced. This is different. This is a nuanced view of, of being able to, to provide care for moms, especially in instances where they're having, you know, physical issues, mental issues and, and, and emotional issues. Let's stand up for our moms. And in doing so, we're standing up for kids. I want to stand up for kids in, in every facet that we can. So you're walking out of a session that by all accounts, if you would have laid out that list of accomplishments in January, you'd have probably took half in cash, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you're wrapping up the session. We'll be wrapped up one way or the other by the time people watch this. That means uh, campaign season begins. A lot of a lot of buzz around your plans. A lot of folks, I'm sure, planned your life out for you. <laughs> where are you at in the decision-making process on the folks will see your name on the ballot again? Yeah, we're, you know, we're still in the decision-making process. I, I have said, and I've told everybody who we've talked to about this, donors and, and consultants and everybody else, you know, the, 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 the family, my, my family's young and growing. It's the reason why I didn't run for Congress. Now, Congress and a statewide office are obviously very different, but um, we're going to make the, the the decision that's in the best interest of my family. I'm not going to miss my family growing up, my yeah. kids growing up, just because, you know, we have a chance and maybe are the favorite to win some statewide office, whatever that would be. So I'm still interested in serving. I do think I have, uh, uh, you know, something to give. We'll figure out what that is at some point. Um, nice place I, to be in. I, I'm, not, I'm not incredibly stressed out about it at this point. Good timetable. Uh, we'll make a decision. We'll, we'll, if, 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 we'll make a decision by the fall for sure. When you make a decision, I hope you'll come back and talk about it with us here. You bet. Begin Missouri politics. You bet. We'll be right back with our opinion maker panel. Ashley Ollie joins us. But first, go to showmissouri.com. This is Missouri one county at a time. 
Go down and read about Ripley County. We had the Battle of Donovan, the Civil War, all things Missouri history at ShoreMissouri.com. We'll be right back after this. For more than a century, the St. Louis Carpenters Union has shaped our communities. Through trusted alliances, we deliver skilled professional craftspeople while our business partners provide the kind of quality jobs that keep our economy humming. It's a blueprint that has worked since 1882. Turning Missouri into a right-to-work state stalls progress, wipes out jobs, and kills momentum. Right-to-work is wrong for everyone. Let's keep Missouri moving forward. Visit carpdc.org to learn more. All throughout Missouri, businesses are struggling to find workers. Childcare challenges are a big reason why. Our kids are losing out too. Through high-impact early childhood investments, we can support the workforce of today and better prepare our workforce of tomorrow. Empower families with the resources they need to succeed. Reduce crime and avoid costly interventions, saving taxpayers money. Together, we can make Missouri the best place to work, raise a family, and be a kid. We all know puppy mills, cruelty, neglect, and pet store puppies are at high risk for disease, even death. We expect our laws to protect dogs, but now an out-of-state company called Petland is trying to change our state law to enable puppy mill cruelty. We all know it'll hurt the dogs we love. Contact your state legislators. Tell them, protect our dogs. Vote no on the cruelty. Vote no on the harmful puppy mill bill. Data captured by our state-of-the-art monitors helps us pinpoint the timing and location of severe weather more accurately and respond to trouble more quickly. Ameren Missouri's investment in smart technologies like this is one way we're improving reliability and restoring power faster than ever. Responding to trouble before trouble hits. That's energy at work. Ameren, Missouri. Welcome back. This week in Missouri Politics Opinion Maker Panel Time. Ashley Oni, friend of the show. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Donna Berger, nice to have you here in the state capitol where you're actually from. Yes, I am. Thank you for having me. Melissa Zett, first time on the show. Springville, welcome back. Thank you. Representing Missouri State. Well, I can see. Absolutely. And Warren County Warrior, Jeff Myers, thanks for joining the show. Well, thank you for having me. Let's jump in budget. Uh, something you read a lot about. I mean, it it's easier to be the approach chairman when you have money. Absolutely it is. But still, I think even for that, I-70 is a big deal. There's a lot of things put on. It, you had to feel good about it. Honestly, yes. I, I think so. I think that at the end of the day, when we look at where the budget's been the last few years, and especially since I've been in the building for the last three years, um, I feel good about the budget. I think that, honestly, at the end of the day, moderates and Democrats win when, when the Senate passes the budget. And honestly, it, when you have money, you can have a long list of accomplishments. But I-70, running through your area, I mean, it... You know, no matter where you go in life after this, if you, if you just say, I'm done with this this summer, you still feel good about the main artery through your hometown, through this state, you're part of rebuilding that. That was the biggest thing that uh, I had on my list. Um, you may be aware there's a $900 million project going in, beef processing plant right next to 70 on Inter or at uh, Forestell, and they're going to run through there. 124 trucks a day coming in that many more going out and it, it was something that's sorely needed well i mean it's going to be kind of downhill i mean when you ran for office like okay i'll rebuild i-70 you did that in year one i mean what do you do next i mean well you know i got a few things <laughs> on the list peace in the middle east where Melody's that um springfield seems to do pretty well on that budget uh 
could be a, a, a cattle farmer down there, you know. Could be, could be. Yeah, I, I'm really proud of, of our Springfield folks and our Greene County folks and how they work together on the budget to really bring some money home to make sure that we're targeting our region and, and making sure we're not forgotten down there in southwest Missouri. All right, let me be the negative person here. It, there's a little concern. You've, you've got a flush budget that, frankly, is money sent from the federal government. You start cutting taxes too much. I mean, just tell people, we're, you're going to run this into a deficit to make cuts. You keep cutting taxes on one-time money, you can tell some people don't run businesses, right? I can tell you that as a pragmatist that it's so nice to be having all this money to spend, 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 but we're doing it on programming versus infrastructure. And when you have excess funds, it should always go to the items that you can't afford to fix when you're broke. And when we go into this recession in two years, they're going to be sitting here on the House floor and in the Senate going, we're going to have to start cutting because we cannot fund what we put in place now. You're one of the rare Republicans that actually owns a business. Um, it does got to be a little concerning, though. It's great to cut taxes, but it's probably not the best if you're telling people, well, this is a, you know, we have all this money, but there's going to be a time where if you keep doing this, you will run into a, a, a deficit in probably two, three years, right? Sure, I think it's something that we have to keep an eye on, and I, I think that our group over in the House and the budget uh, are looking at that constantly and making sure that we do things in a smart way, and I think they'll continue to do that. Um, wrap it up. I mean, what you probably have another two or three years of good budgets, but when the bad times come, then they always do, then it gets a lot tighter. Maybe Democrats won't like the budget so much then, right? Maybe not. Honestly, I, you're talking to someone who grew up in Kansas. I know what happened during Brownback's reign, and I'm terrified that we're going to move in that direction here in Missouri. Dr. Barringer, um, I love talking to you because you are pragmatic, but you're a compassionate person. Uh, the House passed a bill regarding trans kids. You know, it, it feels to me like there's two parts of this. The part's about sports. Boy, you don't find that many people that really have, that aren't for separating that. But then you get into some of this other stuff. And it, and it seems like there's a lot of unknowns about every angle of it. Yes. This is an emotional issue, and it's also a very personal issue. And so um, I would, I, no one ever wants someone to come in and tell them what they, what the, how they should raise their child. Anytime you've said to someone, you can do this or this or not this with your child, they would just, like, jump all over you. Yeah. But we're doing it with this transgender legislation, and it breaks my heart because it's not that many children it impacts, but it's impacting our state in a big way when it comes to tourism and how we look. We made the Washington Post 10 minutes after that happened. I saw this MSNBC ad where this woman was talking about, well, it takes a community to raise a child. We all have a stake in this. And this guy said it to me as a Republican. He's like, no, you don't. It's my kid. But then if your kid's trans, no, 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 it is our job to raise your kid. It's a touch of hypocrisy in the whole thing. Parents' Bill of Rights for education, but we're taking parents' rights away when it comes to medical decisions. I don't know how you square the two. Jeff, it seems to me, you know, I personally know one person who's trans, who I met as an adult. I, I think it's hard for me to understand and get my head around the entire concept, frankly, without knowing more people. I think most folks, probably in Warren County, they may not know anyone personally that's trans. Well, it makes it hard. It, it, the trend is that is growing. There are folks that, that are coming out as trans all over the place. Will uh, views change as that changes, as people actually know? I, I watched in Popper Bluff. I only knew one person that was openly gay. Now there's Benny, and my view is a little different because it wasn't that big a deal. Well, I think the, the point that I would like to make on it, and then sitting on the General Laws Committee, we heard all the all sign hours of tests. You earned your 30 grand. That, uh, but I also heard on the backside, you get a lot of emails, and I heard a lot of folks from the LGB community. They're really upset about the fact that T has taken over. 
And then in, in their their words, that they're transing the gay away. So you have kids that are confused. 14, 13 is a tough age for everybody. It was for me. I'm sure maybe everybody else got through unscathed. But I, you know, it's, it's a tough part. Um, and so when you end up making a life decision, a life-altering decision, um, that in a way, for my folks, it just doesn't, it, logic isn't there. I can't, I can't wish myself to be a different sex. Biology takes over. The day I stop cross-sex hormones, I go back to being a man. And so that's where it came at for, for me. And this was a, uh, something I was really passionate about. If you're 18, do whatever you want. I don't care. But wait until then before you start making major medical decisions and not stepping on the rights of the parents to do that. But there's guidelines for what children can do and can't do all up and down our laws. And this is just one of them, I think, that we need to have in place because it's so important and it's taking off like wildfire. Well, I think the, the, the piece of wisdom in the thing seemed like you did it for four years only. So very little is known medically about these things. Both sides are experts, but really, when you really push them, nobody knows a lot. For, this is something that's going to be it's a topic of conversation. People are going to be studying this immensely. I would say they probably know a lot more than they did four years ago. But the wisdom of the whole thing was, this is a four-year bill. You get to revisit in four years. I'm sure everyone's thrilled to do that. But four years from now, you take another look at it, right? Sure. And I think we do that with a lot of different bills. You see sunsets in a lot of different areas. And so that's a way for us to say, let's put the pause button on for now. Take a look again in four years and see where things are at. Do you think it is? I mean, you talked about the LGB and all that. Uh, I do believe people, once you know someone that's gay, when you don't, you don't, it's people are afraid of things that are unknown. But once you know someone that's gay, it's like, oh, okay, who cares? So what's Clyde's gay now? It doesn't matter. Maybe with trans people, it might be the same way and people view it differently the more they actually personally know someone. I absolutely believe that. One of my favorite quotes in the entire world, and I say it almost weekly, is from Maya Angelou, when we know better, we do better. And I genuinely think that the more folks who are out and um, proud about who they are and living their lives in our communities and showing us who they are and that they are good people worthy of love and acceptance, um, that our communities are going to embrace them. I just think that it's going to take time the same way it's taken time to accept interracial marriage or gay marriage. Um, there are things in, in our society that as we progress as a society, we can do better for them and we can bring them in. And I think that that's an opportunity we'll have. I have a brief story. I actually, when I was an alder in the state of St. Louis, I had a transgender who worked for me for two years, came to all the neighborhood meetings with me, worked together. I never told one person and no one ever knew for two years. That is a great story. I, I Now I very much want to know this person because that's, <laughs> that's, very, that's awesome. I mean, but I remember it was in St. Louis. They started with allowing gay people to get married. And frankly, where I'm from was aghast. It was a terrible thing was in society i don't think anybody in pop up notices now or cares it just didn't matter it was as enormous it was talked about and now i i don't know anybody that even notices or brings it up it's just okay whatever do what you want right and like you said where family when it happens with a family member you start to change your attitude i met a cousin in 1974 and he had brought his boyfriend to our family reunion and i didn't think anything of it from then and i've never thought anything ever of it yeah, I think in 1974, Popper Blood, people would have thought something of it. Yeah. But in 2024, yeah, it didn't matter at all. Sorry. Let's talk about schools. Lots of talk on schools. The House passed a product a session as we do. This is Thursday morning, so things could change. Um, it felt like a low, uh, the open enrollment bill Brad Paula did. He worked very hard on that. Very hard. Got through the House. 
uh, which was quite an accomplishment. It was. And it was essentially that you could, if you, if somebody had extra, Parkville had extra seats and they wanted to sell them, they could sell them and somebody could take an extra seat and switch schools. Um, got common sense, but it sort of got wrapped up in the bigger fight over the charter school and all that. May not happen. Does that come back next year? I think we're going to keep seeing iterations of it. Absolutely. I think it is a priority um, on the other side of the aisle, but uh, I definitely think it's said this year. It was interesting. A lot of talk, a lot of, a lot of motion early in the House, and then uh, kind of went up in flames this week in the Senate. Well, anyone who's asking me about open enrollment, I'll tell them what open enrollment is. Look what happened to the city of St. Louis when we did the DSEG program, when we started shuffling the kids everywhere, the county, other side of the city. That's what will happen with open enrollment. You will destroy the neighborhood schools and the public school. What do you think? I mean, it was interesting to me to watch. I don't, I have a high regard for Brad Pollitt. Worked very hard on his bill. Moved it through the House. I uh, almost got a little hijacked a little bit in the Senate. Ended up, uh, I think her senator had a few thoughts on it uh, this, this week, and, it, and nothing ended up happening. Um, open enrollment, I assume, comes back, right? I don't see it not going away. There's just too much... There's such a push to get it through that I... It was funny, though. You could tell. I mean, I think, you know, the Warrens and Warriors might be okay, but I think those suburban folks are coming for the right city Wildcats. It wasn't necessarily a popular vote uh, for me, uh, but with the when they changed to the 3%, um, you don't need a scorecard from Desi to tell you if your school's bad. If you've got more than in my, my school district's case, more than 100 students wanting to get out, uh, you've got a problem. It gives the superintendent school board time to address that. It's a it's a slow bleed instead of an arterial bleed. You can get that taken care of. You feel like now that you're kind of moving past COVID, right? I mean, in Southeast Missouri, we didn't do COVID much, so it didn't take long. But I think people took a fresh look at their schools and, and got ticked off on some levels. And I'm not sure, you know, school people are, are pretty regimented. But I think now they're, they're to the point of acceptance of, okay, there's probably some things we could do, which overall might not be bad. Sure. And when I look at Springfield, we have open enrollment in our borders and it works well. You know, our, our kids are able to move from school to school and make those choices. If it is good inside Springfield, I can't see where it wouldn't be potentially good outside of Springfield. I think people would come into Springfield for some of the programs that we have. I think some people would go outside of Springfield for some of the smaller schools for different reasons. And so I, I think there's a lot of positives to it. Interesting. Next year, uh, does this actually happen? Give me a prediction can't tell i'm new uh you you rebuilt i-70 in a year you can't play the new card what happens next year i think we'll do it what happens i i don't want it to happen <laughs> what happens 24 is an election year literally anything could happen <laughs> that is interesting i like that but we're about to get kicked off the air on this week so what i won the week Working mothers in Missouri won the week. We teed yeah. postpartum and a benefits cliff. Um, and man, I am so proud of the work that has been done. Um, I know that you've did some serious work on that this year, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, and man, I... I think resident Missourians would be shocked that that wasn't a thing before, you know? Absolutely. The one of the week. The citizens of the city say, well, because we're going to have a new circuit attorney, and on the horizon, I hope our crime is going to go down and less murders. If I didn't love you, I would try to ask you who you're supporting and who you want for it, but I'm going to ask <laughs> you who know, in the week. Individuals with developmental and other disabilities with the Ticket to Work legislation that increases their opportunity to work in competitive, integrated employment. But now that people expect you to pass a bunch of bills every year, I mean, you, you know, have a long summer of people driving to Springfield wanting to carry stuff. Sounds good. Who won the week? <laughs> Women's sports. Yeah, I, I just think in reality, there's not a coffee shop in Missouri where that didn't make sense. Right? I agree. 
I got one. I'm going to say Brad Pollitt. Nobody took more serious time and worked hard on a piece of legislation than Brad did. Looks like it may not happen, but that doesn't mean a serious person do some serious work. Stick around. Justice and journalism with Judge Mike Carter. He's bringing in the guys that make tires and car guys. going to be great. It, it, just listen to him talk and be funny. And we'll see you back here next week for our post-session edition of This Week in Missouri Politics. This Week in Missouri Politics is sponsored by the Missouri Automobile Dealers Association, Ameren, Spire, and the United Electric Cooperative. Oh,